0: Welcome to open source as Guelph here on CFRU ninety three point three FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. I'm Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico and joining me is
1: Scotty Hertz, uh, Adam, I'm just I'm so glad that spring has kind of sprung, you know. It's it, you know that talk of long cold lonely winter or whatever, but uh, it's just nice to see people out and about again and
0: <laughs> I mean robes this-
1: coming up and all that
0: when when the sun is shining but it seems like it's gray sunny gray sunny
1: gray sunny it's well it's, there's that too but uh, what's that the song i'm only happy when it rains that's i'm quite happy when it's right <laughs> well that's, it's not minus 20. that's a and that's the weather report with scotty <laughs> oh
0: boy nice. open source is the CFRU's political and current affairs discussion show you can find us here every thursday at 5 p.m as we talk about the latest news items from guelph ontario canada and around the world and we sometimes interview local newsmakers and politicians this week though we're just going to do the news including covid 19. we haven't talked about that in a while but it's getting hard to ignore with the so-called sixth wave already here in other parts of the country too not just ontario so you know when did we give up then victor orban won his fourth term as president of hungary which is a great source of inspiration for many far-right people all over the world So what will the ongoing effect of Orban's success be? And then finally, whatever happened to that Freedom Convoy? They're still out there. But what kind of danger are they in now? Are we in now? But first, uh, back to Ukraine. Very difficult week for, for news there with the... Revelation of tremendous, uh, I mean, there's no other way to call it, but war crimes in Buga, which is an area to, um, I believe it's to the north of Kiev. Um, it's one of the suburban areas. So, I mean, it's really hard to watch. I mean, even though it's <clears throat> on the other side of the world, it still looks like it could be. You know, our own area it could look like the Starwood area or, uh, you know, the Imperial Road area here in Guelph. I guess, mm-hmm. all sub- I guess all suburbs look the same. But, you know, imagine that, you know, the, those areas of Guelph just being completely and totally effed up by bombs and tanks and uh, fighter runs and people burning it down. And then on top of all that, people sheltering in their homes only to have Russian troops come in and... Uh, shoot them on the spot uh if they talk out of turn uh reports of people being burned uh bodies being burned this should come with a trigger warning now that i'm (laughs) talking about it um and you know reports of women being raped children being killed uh you you it, it it can't be ignored now there really are war crimes in the ukraine
1: well, no, but didn't you hear it's all staged and it's all actors? And I it's all did fake. hear that. Did yeah, you hear that? I did I hear that. keep hearing that over and over from certain channels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the uh, North Korean style. Um, yeah, I mean, if there's anybody fleeing Russia, uh, never mind, like Ukraine, it's journalists, but that's another story, I suppose. But yeah, uh, as you said, it is It is the the, the Kyiv suburbs, and uh, Buka was obviously a massacre, but I was reading about, uh, Borodjanka, which is another, uh, town commuter town. You're Mm -hmm. right. It is kind of like, you know, the, the suburbs and same thing. It's just when you, you see all the bombed apartments and supposedly like 200 missing, presumed dead, probably more. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it is exactly like that. It kind of brings it home when you see, when you see that it's like, and then you say, well, what, what does the bombing of the apartment buildings do? I mean, if you're after, Like it, it just this is where the war crimes narrative is coming from. Part of it too, but also the uh, murders, rapes. Um, You know, it's uh, supposedly worse than Mariupol in the south, Mm. which is now uh, just completely besieged or under siege. It's ninety percent destroyed, so they're not. You know, they they have no idea. the extent of the devastation there, and the Red Cross were uh, chased away again. I guess they were um, held captive for a bit, and that was like, okay, no, you can't come. I, I mean, the question is, is there uh, a cover up going on? Do they want to hide something, or is it like, so you mm. know, why wouldn't you want a, a recognized organization like the Red Cross to go in, just help people? So you know, there's obviously way more going on there too. So it's 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 almost as if with every town or city that's announced Mm -hmm. um that it's just gonna get worse that's awful so but you know biden was biden said uh regardless of how you feel about biden he said you know you know i made that war crimes comment and i got flacked for it but it was it was the right thing this is this is what's going on so um i guess he doesn't have to backtrack this time because everybody almost everybody is Mm -hmm. saying the same thing right with some notable exceptions
0: yeah it's it's funny that like biden will say something and everyone go oh that was a gaffe Oh, did you see biden's gaffe oh he gaffed at big time and then like two weeks later it turns out biden was right the whole time um which you know at some point you would think people would stop going oh is biden a gaffe machine or maybe as the president of the united states he has access to information you don't um yeah and, and the mayor of Mariupol was uh saying today that uh the russians are bringing in like those mobile crematorium units Ooh. uh and i mean that's kind of unverified but you gotta think given the international reaction to what happened in Bucha, uh you probably are gonna want to start not leaving evidence behind if yep. it comes to the point where you have to abandon uh or, or have a strategic retreat or something so um yeah that's that sounds just sort of malevolent enough to be true <laughs> although mm-hmm. again it's uh, it, I don't think it's been verified um yeah the, the it, it's 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 the brazenness of it right it's just it's the year 2022 we have satellite images and th- there's a f- famous satellite image of you know the people of, of buca like dead bodies on the street, you can see them on satellite images, like commercial mm-hmm. satellite images, too. It's like, you know, you can't hide this stuff anymore. Um, even if the world isn't interested in paying attention, there's just too many eyes everywhere. And you have to wonder, you know, to get back to another quote unquote Biden gaffe, you know, when he said it, uh, was it last week or the week before when he's like, for God's sake, he has to go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. because you know, at the end of the day. That's kind of, you know, you can't there, there are peace talks, of course, but you, at, you know, you can't have the leader of a country who committed like these kind of war crimes still sitting there at the end of this and then have him come back to the G20 and have him come back to the G- the UN General Assembly, and that's something Zelensky was getting at when he was talking mm-hmm. to the UN this week that um, you know, you can't you can't have Russia <laughs> conducting these massive war crimes. Uh, basically rubbing the world's face in it and then um, sit on the security council. So, you know, I, I agree that escalation probably isn't going to help the matter, but there needs to be something more than sanctions. And of course there were more sanctions announced today, but hmm. um, the-, the number of tools sort of like the pre-established tools for all this are-, are kind of running out. And if there really is to be an end to this, You know, does how does one kick a country out of the Security Council Um, and, you know, it it, can it be done and what kind of effect would that have? I mean, that's there's an unanswered question about that. But um, I think those are conversations that need to start being had, because I think, you know, um, going after the money of of Putin's two daughters um, only gets you so far.
1: Yeah, it's it's there's optics there, I and mean, I guess they've gone after other inner circle people and their families, and it, unless one of both or whoever had like denounced Dad or you know the uh, the Kremlin, then I guess they're, they're considered fair game. And I mean Putin's well, just to get back to the Security Council for a second, it just kind of shows the bad design of the UN. One of those things that's, or at least the Security Council. <laughs> One of those things that seemed like a good idea at the time. Here are the victors from World War Two. They'll all have permanent seats on the council. Uh, well, most of them are France, UK, uh, Russia, etc. <clears throat> and then, uh, but also they're all nuclear powers, right? But anyway, mm-hmm. and then now it's—I don't know—even know if there's a mechanism to uh, to remove uh, a permanent seat on the UN Security Council. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that—that's you know, front of the day, I suppose. But the uh, yeah, and the problem with the with the with war crimes and convicting some of the war, war crimes, as they saw with Milosevic, mm-hmm. uh, who was one of the first um, heads of state to be convicted in that in that manner, is that it's really difficult to prove that the chain of did Putin say do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because right? you can always he's a bit of a master of deflection because he's doing just he the same thing with the these these supposed riches that he has and i'm saying supposed because you know obviously not verified but it's there mm-hmm. it's like where where are they buried it's like okay are, are, is it oligarchs is it the family of these people that have been sanctioned uh, it sounds like a lot of it may be state owned like it's actually embedded in russia so it's like you it's not on the books as putins but if you follow well, maybe there is no paper trail. You follow a trail <laughs> 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 that that's his, and this is his, and that. So that's why it's going to be difficult to get at this guy with just uh, sanctions, right? when I heard just just before we uh, started there that uh, Zhirinovsky died. Did you? Mm-hmm. He was, uh, I guess, going back. Uh, I guess to the early post-Soviet era. He was. I, I first I saw the headline it was like the clown the Kremlin's clown or something. I was like, like, Oh yeah, he was the guy like he was an opposition party, but he's pretty much like a straw guy. Right. Mm -hmm. The interesting part of it is he said, he said he was vaccinated eight times, (laughs) but yet he died of COVID. So I I don't know what vaccine he was getting or thought he was getting.
0: I mean, it might Uh, speak to the effectiveness of Sputnik that you get vaccinated eight times and it still doesn't work, but
1: yeah, well, (laughs) I I haven't heard of anybody getting eight vaccines except by accident. Right. So and i'm i'm not sure if he was still in the orbit although he did and I, that's why i was like oh yeah zernovsky he was the one that predicted uh oh god i almost said soviet union again russia invading ukraine mm-hmm. uh almost to the day so i thought that was interesting it's like mmm i wonder if he had inside information or is he just a bit of a seer it doesn't matter he's gone now mm-hmm. but uh, whether the uh, any alleged riches went hit with him or in his name uh, yet to be seen i suppose
0: right the, the problem with any kind of war crime thing and you know you saw that that call going out it's like oh he's he's got to be put on trial for war crimes well that comes with um that would come with a little bit more weight if the united states were part of the world criminal court they're not mm-hmm. um you know for oddly enough many of the same reasons why Putin wouldn't want to be part of the world criminal court. U.S. soldiers have done more crimes, mm-hmm. um, and not terribly in the far distant past either. Um, but yeah, that, I mean that's kind of the one of the big problems with this is um, the, determining like where the fault lies. You know, you can make a moral argument that as the head of the Russian state, he sets a tone, but I mean, we have reports of Russian soldiers essentially like stealing women's shoes and women's underwear. Well, like they come into town and they start rate. They start like they have a panty raid after they shoot everybody in the house. It's you know that's that's like some serial killer stuff. It it it, it just you know how did how do you track that back to Putin necessarily? Yeah. Um, that's that's going to be the real difficulty on this. But I, as I said. We can all make an argument that, you know, he's the guy at the top. He's kind of setting the tone. And we've heard these stories that there are orders to the local commanders that just like be as terrible as you want to be. Like they're not people. And you see this in the propaganda they're not people. Anyone who isn't Russian or doesn't volunteer, like decide that they are Russian, is uh, a Nazi, is the enemy. And that's state policy uh and when you tell people that um this person they are fighting against are essentially unhuman you can't entirely be surprised when people are treated inhumanely um but i mean that's kind of the meat and potatoes stuff that you know would get worked out after all of this is over and after all this like after nearly two months it's still incredibly hard to understand how any of this comes to a peaceful resolution uh, which is something we kind of come back to every week. It's like, how does this end? Uh, especially after this week, where you have just such blatant examples of war crimes and you know stuff on, you know, images from Europe on your TV that you haven't seen since probably the Bosnian Civil War. Just it's it, that, that's it, right, it, and that's what's so hard. Yeah,
1: that's what's kind of stark about it is that yeah. I, I was trying to think back to when the last time was that we saw those kinds of images and that's not to say that those images haven't been happening since 95 sure. to now, mm-hmm. but it was almost as if something changed. I think it may have even been post nine 11 where it was like, we're not going to show this, mm-hmm. but then within, you know, the past couple of weeks, maybe even the month, it's like, no, we are actually going to show this. Cause we have to, it reminded me of the, the discussions of the Vietnam war and that kind of coverage. And mm-hmm. then there was, a, there was a, big effort to not show those kinds of things anymore mm-hmm. so it's almost as if the the news at least the mainstream oh and other two have reverted back to the way things used to be in terms of presenting the story but just a quick comment on the uh the russian soldiers there not defending them at all but i did see one interesting uh take on it in that it kind of is a reflection of the possible poverty that some of the Russian soldiers are coming from it. Some of the things Mm -hmm. they're stealing like Mm -hmm. children's toys. And I'm like, this isn't like war trophy stuff. This is more like Mm -hmm. I I'm, and if, if they are relying so heavily on people that are getting the call up, which is what it sounds like, Mm -hmm. you know, younger, younger people are just, you know, you're, you're all being drafted. Those are the kinds of things that happens. And it sounds like there is going to be another call up of reserves, uh, and uh as we're seeing that things are shifting to the east, um mm-hmm. so supposedly two thirds of the forces are, that left um Kievan area are in Belarus now and they're they're probably going to be redeployed and that it's looking like that's gonna be the area of concentration, and that's why we've seen the withdrawal from Kiev and suburbs and whatnot, but still just yeah there I mean there's also over
0: there's also the comedy of errors of the withdrawal from Chernobyl, which, um, Oh yeah. R- reports of, uh, soldiers leaving that area with a radiation sickness. Cause they were digging, digging trenches in the red forest where, you know, they scraped away the top six feet of the, of the, the, the top soil and then buried it because of the radioactive poisoning in that area. And now you have, you know, <laughs> soldiers, um, coming back from the chernobyl area going i don't understand we dug trenches here in world war ii but none of this ever happened then but you know it's uh, i mean when you're in the army you you follow orders and i mean that's the that's the the shame of it is at that your were, peril yeah yeah. So, I mean, on the one hand, there is a certain kind of comma tragedy element to that is that, you know, they're digging trenches uh, just outside the worst nuclear disaster in human history. And then we're surprised when they had buses full of <laughs> irradiated soldiers who, I mean, it's not funny because those people are probably like, a, you know, they're they're sick for the rest of their lives now. But
1: well, if they want to switch sides, it seems the Ukrainian uh, military will take every last one of them if they want to change sides. That's
0: not true enough. Yeah. Speaking of switching sides, we have seemed to have, uh, in terms of battling the pandemic, switched to the side of who cares because um, the rates are going up. I have heard more than ever the the, the term sixth wave being used this week. Uh, it seems that um and this this was in a toronto star article that uh it seems now more and more everybody knows someone who has covid um in the last three weeks and wouldn't you know it it was a almost exactly three weeks ago that the mask mandates were lifted uh hospitalizations went back up over a thousand for the first time since february 26th on tuesday which uh i mean hospitalizations are a lagging indicator so uh Perhaps it should not come as too terribly surprised that almost a little over two weeks after the mask mandates come off, uh, hospitalizations go up. But uh, all eyes are now on the government again, wondering if, uh, you know, we're going to have to put some restrictions back on. Or as the Minister of Health said uh, on Wednesday, uh, we need to get on with our lives and learn to live with COVID. So cool.
1: (laughs) Well, and that's one of those things that has a, yes, we do need to get on with our lives and learn to live with COVID, but there are ways to do that. And -hmm. this is not the way. Every time I hear Doug Ford talking about hospital capacity, it's gone from, it was 3000 beds today, ICU beds. Today I heard 3,100. That's all he says when he's asked about this, right? He talks Mm -hmm. about hospital capacity. That's his way of saying that he doesn't give a crap Mm. about you and whether you get COVID. And we are seeing that. Everybody knows people now that have had or have COVID right now. The sixth wave is the worst wave so far. What is helping is that people are vaccinated. Now only, I'd heard the other day that only 47% of Canadians have boosters, even though in most instances, two doses is still considered fully vaccinated. Mm -hmm. So here's a PSA for you. Get your booster if you haven't yet. Just go and do it, please. Um, and then there's fourth shots coming for, uh, older people in certain areas. It'll probably be, um, <clears throat> the rest of us soon. I would imagine it's not recommended yet, but the rate things are going, that's what is going to happen. But yeah, it's, it's gone from, to, uh, you know, talk of COVID and more has disappeared and now it's all electric trucks mm. and battery plants and everybody's in election. It's, it's election mode. Yeah. Right. It really, you can't hide it. And you, Doug can't hide his face when somebody asks him about COVID and he just, the face turns, right. <laughs> you can see it. It's like, he's like, Oh my God, it's going to ask me about this. And I'm just going to go, I'm just going to mumble something. Blah, blah. I mean, even look, even locally, we had outbreak at the general, right. Mm-hmm. What was it? 53 staff out with COVID. Uh, yes. Yeah. So it's like, there's hospital workers all over the place speaking to how virulent this thing is going down. And if they're not there, then, you know, there's problems in the ICU. There's problems in regular care. There's and the same problems that we've seen with, with stuff getting postponed will continue. Right. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's not over. Remember this people, it's not over. (laughs) I feel like that guy network. like. (laughs)
0: Yes, Howard you're fed Beal. up
1: and you don't want to take it anymore. However, you know, there's 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 a there's a catch to this. It's like, you know, don't let your guard down. Mm-hmm. And hopefully your guard is good.
0: I yeah, I heard somebody say that this week that, you know, the stuff that you did that might have kept you safe in previous waves will definitely not keep you safe in this wave. Um, so you know, whether that's You know, wearing a cloth mask or, you know, staying six feet away from people or, you know, whatever, whatever it is you were doing. Yeah, you didn't get COVID before this, but now you're probably definitely going to get COVID, which makes things like we still haven't returned to full testing capacity from before December um there's practically no surveillance anymore with the exception of wastewater i like wastewater isn't a perfect system because i mean if you think about wellington duffer guelph public health we do wastewater monitoring in orangeville and guelph but i mean there's still a lot of land
1: in our area that doesn't do wastewater testing um you know they they seem to be defaulting to that now but if, if uh if you're interested, you can Google the U of Guelph wastewater testing, uh, which has been pretty, and they've been doing it for a long time because there's somebody on campus that, that does it or is tied into the system. Mm-hmm. And it's all high. Mm-hmm. It's all high. So every, everyone living on campus, like all, all of the residences are uh, coming in uh, yellow or red, mm-hmm. which means there's lots and lots of COVID there, right? So, And anecdotally, or otherwise... Everybody on campus seems to be sick, uh, you know, and yeah. that they live in the community. That it's just like, okay, so it's, but we can't measure it. This is the problem. They keep going wastewater. I don't yeah. just mean U of G. It's like the wastewater, the wastewater, the wastewater. You've gotten rid of all of the other things that told us what was going on. Mm-hmm. Even if you had a system of people rapid testing and checking in and saying, yep, I've got it too. Yeah. Uh, but you know we know that these kind of voluntary things, like the app that was supposed to all keep us safe, you don't hear about it anymore. The app, oh, the app. Uh, but getting rid of the testing off the planes—that that's one thing, right? But it's just any way that we were able to measure what was going on has been pulled. Yeah, it, it's so we don't know. We just know everybody has COVID, right? <laughs> like,
0: oh, just like assume everybody has COVID. It, you know, yeah. um,
1: yeah, it's
0: that it's you know at the same time you have dr moore whether he's kind of uh has voluntarily pulled back um or he's sort of being asked to not be as omnipresent but you know they canceled his he used to do two briefings a week um that's over um i've heard i've seen some queens park reporters on social media say that they've been requesting interviews with him uh those requests get turned down uh you have um Oh, what else? Well, I had something else on the top of my head here. But, you know, the science table, that's the other thing I was thinking. The science table was essentially disbanded last week. It was a—it yeah. was like a press release. It was like, oh, yeah, we're folding the science table into the rest of Public Health Ontario. So we're cutting that off so
1: we can, you know, shut up Dr. Udy. So he's with his. Who is leaving anyway? And I'll miss that guy. <laughs> like, I, I love hearing him and like, good for him going to Oxford, right? But Dr. Uh-
0: Dr. Udy with his pessimism. Yeah. But yeah, it's. It, it just, it's not just that, um, it, in a sense, Christine Elliott was right. You know, we have to learn to live with COVID, but we keep doing the things that would make a living with, we, we keep doing the things that should, that will make living with COVID harder instead mm-hmm. of easier. And one of those things is mask mandates. Again, is it a coincidence and, and you know you talk to medical professionals it's like oh yeah no we should have expected a surge after we've left mass mandates it's like well then why did we do it um you know you can <coughs> excuse me so there's you know living proof i'm sort of living with it too um you can take um the speed limits off the roads and say, you know what, I think people understand they should drive 40 kilometers an hour in a residential zone. But what would people's reaction to that be? Does that make a lot of sense? To me, it
1: does. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, speed limits are there for a reason. Yes, people know they should drive slow in, in heavily populated areas, not on provincial highways, but um, we still have speed limits everywhere. You know, yeah. Dr. Moore can come out and say like, yeah, we're lifting mask mandates. I say you should still wear your mask. But of course, as the 21st came and I was going to say the, almost the immediate reaction. But I don't think it was the immediate reaction. But within a couple of days, everyone was walking around maskless.
1: Oh, yeah. Whether there's so, a mandate in place in your workplace or not. Yeah. Uh, it's just people just hear what they want to hear. in a lot of cases It's OK, mask up. Yeah. Which will please. uh a group we're going to talk about in a bit uh, cool but, seg- cool segue yeah yeah a, a segue for a thing that's 15 minutes away but yeah uh, <laughs> but that's it though it's like just just oh my goodness be sensible and wear please wear your mask again another psa it seems <laughs> it seems to work it's, it's gonna be your only defense soon yeah. And where, the, wh- what is the, re- the recurring advice from the doctor Yunis of the world is wear the best quality possible mask that you can find. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then your statistical odds are better. They're still not perfect, but like, why, why would you not do that? Why would you not follow the science? So Dr. Yunis all like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> Everybody's like, why follow the science? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. uh, yeah, he will be missed. And I, don't, I, you know, I, Oh, boy. I don't
0: know. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know. What a way to... <laughs> I was at it a for second. a summary? Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with the rest of the show, including uh, the topic we just foreshadowed. You are listening to Open source Guelph. You're on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio.
1: that was our royal cat records pick of the week royal cat records 21 mcdonnell in downtown guelph and i would say she is indeed a hurricane girl that song was called hurricane girl number five on the cfru chart this week the artist is sue foley and uh yeah sue foley's uh the mainstay of this station and uh, canadian blues for a long time and i know that at least one of our listeners is a big fan so i'll send it out to them Still taking requests. Yeah, sort of, even though. <laughs> <laughs> telepathic request. Yeah, I'll play that.
0: Oh, t- telepathic request. Interesting. <laughs> um, so uh, going back to Europe, slightly to the west of Ukraine, uh, Hungary had an election this week. Hungary is the place to be if you are of a, a certain far right persuasion uh because of victor Orban there who has handedly uh sort of stifled most forms of dissent the free press uh every everything is pretty much state-run media now uh he's all of his opposition parties united against him and he still won 53 percent uh in the election which you know this may be an argument against first best opposed one 53% of seats what uh, equaled 135 seats versus, uh, out of the total, 199. So, uh, and again, that is with all the opposition parties running as a unified party against Orban. Uh, so he's got to be feeling pretty good. In his victory speech, he said that uh, you could see this victory. Not only could you see this victory from the moon, you could see it from Brussels. <laughs> Not too oblique reference to the European Union, which is public enemy number one in Hungary. If there is one sort of bright spot of good news in this, uh, a referendum essentially banning anything that you know is accepting and tolerant of LGBTQ plus people in terms of educational materials, there's a referendum to ban all of that, it failed not because people came out and voted against it, but because it didn't get enough votes to, um, to, it was, a, it was one of those super majority situations, but Hey, uh, we'll take, take small victories when we get them. But yeah, Orban, um, not the least of which, because he was essentially cheating on his behalf through the whole thing is uh, still the president of Hungary. So um, that is going to make some very nasty people, very happy for a little while
1: yeah when I read that line about the victory from the moon, I, I heard Trump's voice victory's so big you can see it from the moon. like it yeah. sounds like something yeah. Trump would say, right And I'm sure he likes Victor's a good guy. Uh, yeah, I guess I shouldn't put words in Trump's mouth, but it's probably what's going on there. Um, yeah, and this there was talk of this United coalition, like all these parties that don't get along tried to unite and uh, unseat Orban. The goal was to get rid of Orban. Not everybody though, because believe it or not, there's parties in Hungary that are further right yeah. than Orban. It was like, yeah. what? Like our homeland. Ooh, yikes. So yeah, that's, uh, I, I, I don't, it's not a coalition, but they'll probably you know, side with uh, Orban uh, himself. But he, yeah, Orban's, one of Orban's comments that he was that, this is like a direct quote that he wants to build an illiberal state yeah. Sort of completely rejecting the, you know, it's seen, the EU is seen as a liberal uh, uh, organization, let's say. Although, also this week it was announced about the EU commissions, uh, like, triggering uh, sanctions to a degree against Hungary because of its, you know, the the way it's been, <laughs> the, let's say, the way it has been illiberal. Um, mm-hmm. I guess there's been some, what the EU sees as some violations of the rule of law, right? Mm-hmm. Along the lines of the this referendum on banning certain educational materials that you mentioned, you know, it's along the lines of my two dads, right? Yeah, can't have that in the schools. It t- right up Ted Cruz's alley as well, right? Yeah. Um, just no racist Ted, babies. Yeah. Yeah, just get Ted Cruz to talk about your book, and your sales will go up five thousand percent. But uh, but that's not what's happening in, in Hungary, and they seem to have a, a divide there, as we as we do as we see in other places uh, to some degree. I'm not comparing. Rural Canada to Orbán's people, but it's like the the rural areas of Hungary tend to lean towards Orbánism, let's call it. Mm-hmm. But the urban mm-hmm. centers are the ones where there are lots of voters keep out stuff like um, this referendum, and that's why it failed because people were just saying no, we're we're just not gonna
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm not gonna tick the box on that. So that that's where that failed. So it's not a complete uh, loss for the liberal uh, the liberal types, right? But uh, but he also he does he doesn't like Zelensky either. Like he's got it in. I guess he has to stay kind of sweet with Putin because of the the amount of energy that comes to Hungary from Russia. So he needs to play this balancing act. I mean, he's he's not a um, you know this isn't Belarus level, but it's pretty close. You know, Belarus is a vassal state, but Hungary is kind of like "Hmm, I better not piss off Vladimir Putin, or there may be some problems.
0: Well, apparently. There were billboards in Hungary that had Putin and Orban uh, sort of side by side and calling Orban Hungary's Putin, which uh, I mean, (laughs) yeah, it's 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 kind of bizarre because you're right. He is trying to have it both ways. Like Hungary has supported some of the uh, EU's um, sanctions. But on the other hand, Orban came out today and said, yeah, yeah, I'll pay. I'll pay for Russian gas and rubles. You bet I will, because, you know, this is Putin's latest thing. It's like, oh, you buy, you buy Russian gas, Comrade. I will have to be in rubles. We only take rubles now if you're an unfriendly country. So um, <laughs> Orban, despite probably not being on the list of unfriendly countries, is uh, ready, willing and able to pay in rubles. But, um, it, you know, you mentioned Trump. Uh, Trump did endorse Orban. Because oh
1: really I didn't hear that. I, <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> I just assumed I
1: did never actually heard that
0: he did uh, because oh. that's something former presidents of the United States do is endorse candidates I mean actually come to think of it that does happen uh, Barack Obama did endorse Justin Trudeau come to think of it um, uh, I mean another sign that we should cut out all that nonsense really but oh yeah uh, uh, yeah it's you know you mentioned the the, the our homeland party. Yeah, I think that's kind of the curious thing in all of this is, um, the what's the the Fidesz party um, is Orbán's party. It, you know it, it is pretty far to the right. He was strongly anti-immigrant, and you know there was a, a Vox story in twenty eighteen where he was you know he was along the border fence they put up between yeah I think it was Kazakhstan and and. Um, in Hungary so that you know migrants couldn't cross and the you know the local police show up and go oh do you have a permit to report and it's like do you have a permit to report like that's crazy but that's like kind of how far things have fallen in this uh self-described illiberal democracy and um I mean th- and this is like not a necessarily a new phenomenon either you know Hungary the I was reading up on the political history of Hungary and like the first um, democratically elected government post cold war was uh, was a, a political party whose name I can't remember um, who were strongly Christian nationalist, which sounds pretty far to the right Um Hungary did have a socialist government like around the mid-aughts, but then uh, there's this tape this, uh, that was leaked with um, the Prime Minister at the time basically admitting that they had screwed up and they had lied to the people about some policy direction. And now that's what all people think. I mean, it, it's almost like a similar situation to Ontario where people hear NDP and they think of Ray Days, even though that was like 35 years ago now. Oh, yeah. I um, love a Ray
1: Day. Right now, but anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's it, there, there's this weird political culture where you know they're far to the right but not too far to the right that there aren't people who can't get to the right of somebody like Orbán. um it, it's it's just you know there, there is something really really bizarre going on in hungary and ideally they would be allowed to sort of like sort out their own stuff except that you have people like Trump and Mary Le Pen and Tucker Carlson and then like all of these like worse neo-fascist people looking at that and going boy that's that's a pretty sweet way to live let's bring let's bring some of that over here didn't, which I'm, yeah. I'm
1: thinking back now didn't Tucker Carlson do like a week long and yes he did agree and how great it is yeah which yep. I did not watch I just only know that from back file that away in the back of the mind for like for today exactly um <laughs> Yeah, and there's an interesting. It's not even a relationship. The relationship with Ukraine isn't very good, and it's not just because of Putin. It seems, and I didn't know this. There's a there's a minority of 150,000 Hungarians in the Ukraine, and I guess Orbán's and other people's take on that is like they're not allowed to uh, learn Hungarian, or mm-hmm. it's it made it's probably not as bad as it sounds. But it makes it sound like they can't be Hungarians in Hungary, but it would mm-hmm. seem that. Um, Fides and um, Orban are very reliant on these people because you can vote, uh, expatriates can vote mm-hmm. in the election. And there's like 315,000. I think that's just the European number because there, there's definitely um, lots of Hungarians in Canada. Actually, most of the Hungarians I knew growing up were left in 56 after that, the Hungarian Revolution. Different generation, of course. But mm-hmm. I, I would assume if you were Hungarian, at some point you can still you could still vote. Now I, I don't know if they're all um, <clears throat> voting right or if they even bother at this point. But it's uh, also the Ukrainian ambassador was recalled. This yeah. is in the middle of everything that's going on in Ukraine. They've re- they recalled the Ukrainian ambassador to tell them the exact words were "stop insulting us." Yeah. So I don't know if this is sort of around like a backdoor approach. They want to be, you know, stay in Putin's good books by taking jabs at at uh, at Ukraine. But there's quite a few Ukrainians have gone to Hungary that have escaped, right, as refugees. Mm. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not totally. It's not, you know, the majority have gone to Poland, but I'm not sure uh, how that's going. But I did see uh, one report about the uh, not y- Ukrainian, but the students over there, the black students, right, black and brown students mostly. Uh, treatment not so good, yeah. Um, in Budapest, it's like no, we're not going to rent you this place. Um, mm. along those lines, so you know that's not to say that isn't happening in Poland either. And there, you know, there is there are there's there's varying degrees of this style of governing, right now. Yeah. Mind you, Orbán when the when the three leaders from the surrounding countries went to see, um, Zelensky. Mm-hmm. Uh, there for ten points. Think back to what they were. Was was it Slovenia, uh, Poland, and I don't remember. But uh, it was noted at the time that Orban didn't go. Yeah. So it's like, is that a bit of a snub? Is it like you know? It's hard to say. But like I said, if the you know the oil and gas may dry up if uh, it doesn't stay sweet with um, Moscow. Well, that so, is and it and too, that's and, that,
0: yeah. and and you know people like Orban who are not ruling based on, you know, facts and data and policy, you know, you can like today's reality just applies to today. Like tomorrow's reality can be completely different. So today I'm calling Zelensky, like I'm lumping him into my, en- with my enemies at the EU and uh, radical lefties. And, and then the next day I'm like, you know what, you know, we're he's, he's a pretty good guy. He's just trying to, you know, He's just trying to get you know, it it it, 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 it doesn't matter because today's reality is today's reality and tomorrow's reality is going to be something else and it doesn't matter what you said yesterday, which is you know another thing. Uh, frankly, it's another thing that's being picked up from Hungary mm. and uh, other these other places are being led by sort of these far right demagogues. It's you know reality is fluid, even if gender is not. Get see see what i did there anyway i
1: absolutely did
0: (laughs) anyway um
1: well well uh bookended there yeah (laughs) speaking of uh (laughs) bookends (laughs) speaking of bookends yeah no
0: it's remember the hey remember the freedom convoy that was the thing that was in february and a lot happened since then but um we thought it'd be interesting to revisit this um because there have been a lot of things happening in and around the convoy, uh, not the least of which is Pat King mm. is still in detention because he's quote shopping for a lawyer unquote. <laughs> um, I think it's more likely Little
1: Huts was not available. So he, yeah, I think it's more,
0: yeah, I think it's more likely he uh, has is having a difficult fa- time finding a lawyer. But you also have these reports from Press Progress that. Uh, you had the city of Ottawa and Ottawa police basically, you know, signing residential areas as sort of these rallying points for the convoy in residential areas, not telling the people in the residential area, and uh, and then kind of not uh, being, uh, you know, not kind of reporting that fulsomely. And uh, Press Progress got that information from a Freedom of Information request which seems to be the way we're probably going to be getting a lot of information and insight about this from now on. But I mean, on top of all of this, there is still freedom convoys, uh, smaller and more mobile. Um, The combined efforts of the freedom convoy in Canada and the people's convoy in the United States put out a press release yesterday or today. Um, where they were calling themselves the 88 United Truckers Convoy, which... 88? 88, yeah.
1: Not too subtle there. What made Um, them pick that?
0: I know. It's kind of bizarre. Just a a weird number to pick out of thin air.
1: Like 22 would even make sense (laughs) because it's 2022. Yeah. No, it was... Wow, that... 88
0: United Truckers Convoy.
1: I know if people don't know what we're talking about, 88 is HH, which is uh, in certain circles... Accepted to mean Heil Hitler. Yes. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. They somehow managed to
0: have the self-awareness to not put all the 14 words in the press release. But,
1: uh, I mean... Uh, I just want people to know when I say, oh, boy, I really, really want to swear. (laughs) So when you hear that, pick the swear word of your choice. That's what's going on in my head. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, uh, you know, it's... It's not going away, right? I mean, we, we talked earlier about how, like, all the mandates are gone. Essentially, mm-hmm. it's a laissez-faire world of, of uh, COVID restrictions or living with COVID. Um, but, you know, th- there, there's going to be a long-term effect in this um, in terms of, you know, the friendships that were made, the connections that were made. And there was this guy. Um, uh i worked on his name and everything and now i lost it but uh he okay he, we don't want to platform him.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but he, you know he, he essentially calls himself the cultural war criminal like that's like a, a gnome oh. diploma he's given himself he's the cultural war criminal and say so, wow. you know any t- you know, recordings of him during the freedom convoy saying things like this is the moment for you know white supremacy and you know work those connections and you know people in canada the normies which is their phrase for people who don't believe in the things they believe that the normies should be afraid to be in the streets uh and so i mean people have been pretty obviously drawing these um connections between white nationalism and anti-mandate movements and uh you know trying i guess trying to use the one to feed the other so i mean there's kind of pretty still still pretty early in things to know just how far that is going to um how how far that's going to take us in the future and, and indeed it does seem at least locally um there there was a big march on literally the day before the mask mandates lifted and it's been pretty quiet since but um we have to be on guard the the there, there's going to be another eruption at some point and they're probably just waiting for the right triggering point. So, I mean, that's why we kind of got to keep this front of mind.
1: Well, that's what it'll take is something else to latch onto. I think the, the pivot yeah, to use COVID language is, is already <laughs> on, right? Like it's, 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 it's swinging and it the, mm-hmm. the direction in which it goes because it, it'll be, you know, the, the mandates are being lifted. There's, there's still some around. They may have to come back whether Doug Ford and co like it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, just because they may come back as a as a as a popular movement, which is not unlike the convoy, but the antithesis of the convoy. Uh, I've I've been following. I, I I would assume you do too, Adam. A little bit maybe Carmaya Sad, who's like a an open source. She's like yes. a, she's a lawyer, but she's also a street. I would call her a street reporter or like a community reporter mm-hmm. um, about these things. And I watched when. You said we want to talk about this. I watched a little bit of her feed from the weekend in Toronto. And what's the first thing that comes up? Some clown with a swastika. Yeah, not hiding his face. You can actually see who this person is. And it was all that con made in Iowa. It's like, oh, it's you know, it's we don't know who it is. This dude had a flip sign that had all like all of the tropes that you can think of that go with the convoy. He had this like sign that turned over, and then on one of them was a swastika. Right? Mm. It's not hidden. There's no shame there. There was also a a, a dude that seemed like a boogaloo cosplayer with the Hawaiian <laughs> shirt and thankfully no gun. There's one thing we need to be thankful for up here. Is yeah, that, you know, yeah. they're, they're not as common who knows, maybe he was carrying one. I have no idea, but this is the, this is the problem, right? It's like mm-hmm. the masks are off. Everything is off. So it, it all becomes, you know, they head into the whole deep state, the bio labs, what else? Soros, human trafficking, all of that stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I saw a little bit too about safe injection sites. So it's, you know, the obsession with the needle continues. It's like, oh, safe injection sites, I have to go. And of course, no shortage of uh, F. Trudeau flags. But my personal favorite was, this was on a flag, vaccinated by the blood of Jesus. Mm. I thought that was like, you know, that says a lot. And if that's your belief, you know, <laughs> go for it, right? But yeah, you know, there's a difference between that and the danger zone right? And I don't mean the COVID danger zone, the danger zone of some dude just walking around the Edward VII statue of the back of Queens Park there with a swastika because you know, that and that is the kind of thing that used to get like, I would say in the Toronto that I lived in, (laughs) that get you'd get tackled. Yeah. And this is the problem now. I don't think it's the problem. It's just that no one is paying, people pay attention to them online rather than the physicality, like rather than being there. There were Mm. some, there was that one, the Toronto protest did did get resistance when we were at peak convoy, Mm -hmm. but you'd get your head kicked in for that at one point. Mm. So who's to say that that isn't going to come back if people weren't so afraid of getting COVID from these plague rats? And yeah, I did say that. And they are free to do what they want to do on a Sunday when, you know, the only social media is paying attention. You, You go for it, right? But there's going to come a time. There's well, going to be a reckoning so be ready. I mean that's Freedom the convoy.
0: That's the thing about the convoy in Ottawa, it's like a it galvanized attention, but it also, you know, as soon as they broke it up, all attention was was lost. And even though there were reports of like going them going to staging areas and in, in places around Ottawa, you know, we we quick I mean there are other worldwide calamities to pay attention to around the time it ended, but um I mean, it's still out there, and some of it's still in the most unusual places. And maybe you saw this story about the deputy mayor of Guelph, aramosa Township, uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> he, getting COVID nineteen and like going on a tirade at a meeting where he um, said because like, he had to stay home, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, he's like he's like talking about the dictator of Canada, meaning Justin Trudeau, and he's talking about the the villainous treatment of. People who refuse to get vaccinated and talking about how terrible it is that Canadians that don't get vaccinated can't travel, which I don't think is explicitly true. But you know, he goes on for several minutes and then he's done. And then you know, Mayor Chris White and everyone else at the township council is just like, "Okay, moving on." Which
1: <laughs> you know they next. Didn't,
0: <laughs> you know they didn't say it, and I mean. You know, that silence is dangerous. Yeah, maybe you don't want to, um, (laughs) you know, poke the angry bear. um, But, you know, there are now entire political parties that are based around, you know, anti-mandate hysteria and um, tyrannical hysteria and, you know, deep state, satanic uh, cabal hysteria. Yeah, And, you know, there was, how soon we forget there was a the deputy mayor of Centre wellington too who joined the end the lockdown caucus which you know had bernier and hillier in it and of course you know randy hillier that's another recent development he turned himself into ottawa police um not before he had like a press conference on, a, on his way into the police
1: station yeah but uh um, so a little bit for the presser there but yeah well so i mean what? yeah
0: but i mean well that's not on twitter
1: st- though oh uh.
0: Well, he's gone he got smoked right yeah he got banned from twitter yeah Yeah, it's you know so you know this is not a fringe problem and they'll be glad you know they'll be glad to hear me say that but i mean it's right (laughs) there it's it's in the legislature it's in your city council depending on where you live um it might be in your neighborhood and you know it's it's gonna come back at some point, you know. It's it's funny the the development of the American Freedom Convoy. They are so mad because Ukraine has stolen all of the the thunder and momentum that they oh, were yeah. trying to build. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you, you do have these people essentially driving around the United States trying to replicate the
1: the Ottawa success story. Um, still, Which in and, itself and, is interesting. Is the influence usually goes is the other way? Yeah. Like it's almost like the seeds of it were from the, from the U S let's say January 6th for lack of a better comparison Mm -hmm. blossoms into what happened in Ottawa earlier this year. And then it finds its way back because you know, there's a visceral reaction to the the trucker, you know, the trucker don't even call them the truckers anymore. It's just the freedom convoy. Right. But I just, I don't know why people want to spend so much energy, like making a contrary point to what, we know works like that needs examination. There's going to be probably a fantastic amount of literature is going to come out of this <laughs> in terms of the death of critical thought. And it's like, what, what, what makes you think that? Yeah. And I don't think anybody is saying don't think that I mean, well, some people are right. It's like, it's more along the lines of what, how, where is this co- coming from? Yeah. Um, but like I said, where it gets dangerous when the swastikas appear yeah and that kind of stuff because people allow you're literally truly allowed to believe what you want in this country but when it's like when it goes in that direction uh you know that's not that is not a good direction right or yeah. when you're just super spreading a disease around that's you know yeah. also not a good direction but yeah yeah
0: kids say no to swastikas that's it for this week's show we hope you liked it if you want to stay connected to us you can visit us on our website at opensourcesguelph.com or on facebook at open sources newswire and we're on twitter at os underscore guelph if you'd like to listen to our show again download it from our website every monday you can get it at the guelph podcast channel on podbean or through your favorite podcast app at apple stitcher google TuneIn, and spotify you can find me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Adam A. Donaldson, and you can check out my news and politics site at GuelphPolitico.ca.
1: Scotty Hertz on Facebook, Scotty Hertz on Twitter, and for all info CFRU, including their, our scheduling information, check out CFRU.ca slash shows. And stay tuned for more great programming here on
0: CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. We're going to return next Thursday at 5 p.m. for another edition of the show. And we will, well, we will see you then.
1: Wear your bloody mask.